0: If you're tired of these promos, supporters get the podcast early and ad-free. Just go to donate.bogosity.tv for the links to sign up. Welcome to the Bogosity Podcast for the week of December 10, 2023. The podcast that insurrects capital letters. This is your host, Shane Killian. Let's kyanize the news of the bogus. In another welcome case of someone fighting against censorship bullies, Elon Musk has filed a lawsuit against Media Matters for their misinformation about the website formerly known as Twitter. Media Matters had claimed, quote, As ex-owner Elon Musk continues his descent into white nationalist and anti-Semitic conspiracy theories, his social media platform has been placing ads for major brands like Apple, Bravo, NBC Universal, IBM, Oracle, and Xfinity, Comcast, next to content that touts Adolf Hitler and his Nazi party. Corp CEO Linda Yaccarino wrote, Here's the truth. Not a single authentic user on X saw IBM's, Comcast's, or Oracle's ads next to the content in Media Matters' article. Only two users saw Apple's ad next to the content, at least one of which was Media Matters. Data wins over manipulation or allegations. Don't be manipulated. Stand with X. Yeah, keep that in mind if you're going to sling mud against the website. They have all the logs showing everything you did. According to their filing, quote, Media Matters executed this plot in multiple steps, as X's internal investigations have revealed. First, Media Matters accessed accounts that had been active for at least 30 days, bypassing X's ad filter for new users. Media Matters then exclusively followed a small subset of users consisting entirely of accounts in one of two categories, those known to produce extreme, fringe content and accounts owned by X's big-name advertisers. The end result was a feed precision designed by Media Matters for a single purpose, to produce side-by-side ad content placements that it could screenshot in an effort to alienate advertisers. But this activity still was not enough to create the pairings of advertisements and content that Media Matters aimed to produce. In at least one instance, Media Matters was the only user to see the ad placement. Quote, of the 5.5 billion ad impressions on X that day, less than 50 total ad impressions were served against all of the organic content featured in the Media Matters article. As this Ars Technica article covering it is pretty worthless, although the best of the articles I've seen, which is why it's included, let's see what journalists Michael Schellenberger and Alex Gutentag said in their coverage on Public. Quote, We tried various ways to replicate Media Matters research and couldn't. The real goal of Media Matters isn't to fight anti-Semitism. It's to destroy X as a free-speech platform. They did exactly what Media Matters did. Create an account and follow 11 of the neo-Nazi accounts in the Media Matters report. After refreshing both X's For You page and following page more than 10 times and scrolling through the timeline each time, we did not observe ads next to white nationalist or pro-Nazi content. We followed more extremist accounts and repeated this process after following 30 accounts. Still, we did not find ads on the timeline. We also opened each account's page and did not observe ads there, nor did we find ads under the replies to their posts. And yet, Media Matters would have you believe that this is a typical experience of ex-users. According to the filing, quote, The representation put forth by Media Matters constituted 0.00000090909% of impressions served on the day in question. Most or all of these pairings were not seen by literally anyone besides Media Matters' own manipulated account and no authentic user of the platform has been confirmed to have seen any of these pairings. The percentage they cited suggests that Media Matters had to refresh the page, on average, a hundred and ten million times to get one such pairing. That's not even a rare occurrence, it's a freak occurrence! You know, it's amazing when so-called investigative journalists are willing to put in work. Like they'll spend God knows how long doing this, but when they write about say the destructive power of the AR-15, they won't do something as simple as go to a firing range and see for themselves. In fact, this isn't even proper investigative journalism. It's blatant p-hacking. They claimed that they merely got these pairings, while giving no indication of how many they got as a proportion of the ad pairings they saw all total. This is how little you can trust these so-called watchdogs. And the coverage in the press is just one more data point in how little we can trust the news media. If you're looking for a way to support this channel, without advertising. Use the link below to visit this channel on odyssey.com and see many of your other favorites there as well. On a similar note, Donald Trump's media company is suing The Guardian, The Hollywood Reporter, and 18 other outlets because of what they claim is coordinated misreporting. The media outlets had falsely claimed that Truth had lost $73 million in 2023. In reality, the company lost $31 million. One wonders why, given the losses, they felt the need to inflate it. But particularly telling is the specific number, $73 million, that they all repeated within the same 24-hour period. Had they merely gotten the number wrong, they should all have reported different mistaken numbers, but according to truth, the specific number means it could only have been the result of collusion. They all claimed to have gotten the information from an SEC filing, which nowhere mentions the figure of $73 million. Additionally, all of the outlets except for Axios falsely claimed the SEC filing showed a loss of $50 million in 2022. In their court filing, they wrote On November 14, 2023, TMTG contacted each of these media defendants, notifying them in writing of their error, specifying that their statements about a supposed $73 million loss were false and defamatory, and demanding a retraction and apology. To date, while some defendants have issued little noticed corrections or updates, none have retracted the defamatory articles, publicly apologized, or taken any other steps to ameliorate the continuing damage. But that's just what we've come to expect from the news media. Just don't even acknowledge your mistake and move on. The SEC filing was regarding a planned merger with Digital World Acquisition Corporation, but as soon as the articles were published, it affected both existing and potential investors. It'll be interesting to see the discovery in this case. Where did they get the 73 million figure from? If we get just an idea about how these false stories get started and spread so quickly, we can recognize them when we see them. The filing repeatedly claims that the defendants knew that the figure was false, or at least acted in reckless disregard for the truth. This echoes the language of the Supreme Court's actual malice standard, which is necessary to get around First Amendment free press protections as well as state anti-slap laws. They're suing for $1.5 billion, the amount they claim the outlets made off of the story, plus compensatory and punitive damages, injunctive relief, and costs. They're also demanding a jury trial. We have this. We have the X case. We have Missouri v. Biden and it'll be interesting to see how they all tie together. If you're on the Wi-Fi in a coffee shop or hotel, anyone on that network can get your traffic. Do you really trust all of those strangers? For that matter, do you really trust your ISP? Okay, for a change of pace, something we've covered before a few times, the bogus misinformation that beef and milk cause cancer, especially colorectal cancer. Lately researchers have been pushing back against lazy observational studies and p-hacking designed to get that particular outcome the authors are looking for. They've been conducting more proper research with better controls and methodology. And one of those studies just found the opposite. Red meat and milk may possibly, potentially, kill cancer cells. The study, published in the well-respected scientific journal Nature, found that dietary transvaccinic acid, or TVA, can reprogram CD8-plus T-cells, a kind of immune cell, to fight tumors. The human body can't synthesize TVA, so we can only get it through our diet in beef Lamb, and dairy products. The study suggested TVA could be isolated as a nutritional supplement to complement clinical treatments for cancer. The study was conducted on a strain of black laboratory mice used in cancer and genetic studies. They found that mice fed a diet rich in TVA quote, significantly reduced the tumor growth potential of melanoma and colon cancer cells compared to mice fed a control diet. They also found that TVA, quote, enhanced the ability of an immunotherapy drug to kill leukemia cells." Jing Chen, one of the senior authors and professor of medicine at the University of Chicago, said, quote, "...to see that a single nutrient like TVA has a very targeted mechanism on a targeted immune cell type, with a very profound physiological response at the whole organism level, I find that really amazing and intriguing." He also mentioned that other fatty acids from plants show similar promise. The study cautioned against advocating dietary red meat, but that was because of the aforementioned link between red meat and colorectal and other cancers, which, as I said, have been mostly debunked. So it's still symptomatic of how pervasive these myths can be. It might also be a symptom of researchers wanting treatments they can patent instead of being available in our diets. Remember, scientists are people, too, and have the same vulnerabilities to incentives. Do you have children? Or nieces or nephews? Are you homeschooling? Or just want to counter some of the socialist indoctrination most children get in school? AND NOW IT'S TIME TO DECOMPENSATE THIS WEEK'S BIGGEST BOGUN emitter. AND THIS WEEK, IT'S A JOINT ONE FOR BORIS JOHNSON, JOE BIDEN, AND VARIOUS OTHER FIGURES IN NATO WHO, AS WE COVERED BACK WHEN IT HAPPENED, ACTIVELY WORKED AGAINST PEACE TALKS IN UKRAINE. REALLY, I'VE BEEN COVERING FAR MORE I-TOLD-YOU-SOS THAN RETRACTIONS REGARDING THIS STORY. MONTHS, IF NOT WEEKS INTO THE RUSSO-UKRAINIAN WAR, Peace could have been had at a bargain-basement price compared to what's happened since then. And we now have confirmation of that from within Ukraine, from David Arakamia, parliamentary leader of Zelensky's Servant of the People Party and who led the peace talks in Moscow. He said in a televised interview that Russia's main goal was to get Ukraine to commit to neutrality, to not joining NATO, and they were ready to end the war if they had accepted that. And yes, that would have meant Russia giving up their claim to Donbas. So, all those people who said it was never about Ukraine joining NATO? Yeah, think twice before listening to them again, especially if they haven't admitted it by now. For Ukraine's side, they were willing to do so as long as they had security guarantees. But according to Arakamiya, the NATO countries told them not to agree to any security guarantees. This confirms earlier reporting that then-UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson told Zelensky the West wouldn't support any peace deal regardless of what Ukraine wanted. He, Joe Biden, and others in NATO assured him that they could take the fight to Putin, who was weak and who could be defeated in a matter of weeks. We also know this from a phone call Johnson had with French President Emmanuel Macron. And in general, former German Chancellor Gerhard Schroeder, former Israeli Prime Minister Naftali Bennett, and several officials in Turkey, all of whom were involved in the talks, said that it was NATO officials who stopped or undermined negotiations and that Ukraine and Russia had always been vying for peace. And it wouldn't even be fair to condemn all of NATO. Multiple reports documented the fact that the U.S. and U.K. led a faction of NATO states who wanted a protracted proxy war with Russia. Arakamia said, quote, They actually hoped until nearly the last moment... That they could press us into signing this agreement, adopting neutrality. That was essentially the main point. Everything else was cosmetic and political embellishments about de-Nazification, the Russian-speaking population, blah blah blah. That last part might be a bit too dismissive. I really don't think it's a coincidence that this happened after a year of escalation of Ukrainian attacks in Donbas, after two years of relative quiet. Peace at that time would have meant the prevention of some 200,000 Ukrainian casualties, including 70,000 deaths. The exact number isn't known because it's a state secret, but it's more than suffered by Germany and the UK in World War I in half that time. And that's not getting into Ukraine's massive economic, infrastructural, and territorial losses. COME ON, PEOPLE, ALWAYS BE SKEPTICAL OF THE WARMONGERS, HAVE WE NOT LEARNED THAT BY NOW? And should we just sit here and believe the exact same arguments being used now against peace talks between Israel and Hamas? So all of that makes Johnson, Biden, and others in NATO this week's Biggest Bogot Emitter. I want to tell you about the eyeglasses I've been wearing for years. As people can see on my videos, I have a very strong prescription, which makes glasses more expensive, especially when I need computer glasses, reading glasses, prescription sunglasses, and, most expensively, progressive lenses for general everyday wear. Go to Firmoo, that's F-I-R-M-O-O dot Bogosity dot TV anytime you need quality glasses at a low price. Once again, that's Firmoo dot Bogosity dot TV. And now let's deglutinate this week's Idiot And once again, it goes to Richard Caudry, Sarah Silverman, and other plaintiffs in their AI case against meta-platforms. A few weeks ago, we covered how the judge had dismissed the claim that their AI model LLAMA produced outputs that infringed on their copyrights. He gave them the chance to amend their other complaints to prevent them from being dismissed as well. Spoiler alert, it didn't work. All of their claims are dismissed including the negligence claim which is dismissed with prejudice. Judge Vince Chabria ruled, The plaintiffs allege that the Lama language models are themselves infringing derivative works because the models cannot function without the expressive information extracted from the plaintiff's books. This is nonsensical. A derivative work is a work based upon one or more pre-existing works in any form in which a work may be recast, transformed, or adapted. There is no way to understand the Lama models themselves as a recasting or adaptation of any of the plaintiff's books. Yeah, that's the difference between a derivative work and transformative use. With transformative use, you can't go backwards like that. The DMCA claim was dismissed because there were no facts to support the allegation that Lama redistributed their books. The unfair competition law claim was likewise completely unsupported. The other claim was unjust enrichment, but the judge found that to be preempted by the Copyright Act. The remaining claim is the negligence claim, the one dismissed with prejudice, where they claimed Meta breached a non-existent duty of care. The only claim left is the allegation they used pirated books. A publicly available data set of 800 gigabytes worth of works known as The Pile, specifically a subset of them known as Books 3, was mentioned in the Llama paper as one of the sources of training material. We've talked about this before. The Books 3 data set, contains just under 200,000 books. For comparison's sake, over 2 million new books are published in the U.S. every year. Meta didn't move for this claim to be dismissed because they want a judgment, which they seem confident that they're going to get, that the use of copyrighted works for the training of generative AI falls under the fair use exception. It really seems like the OpenAI lawsuit will be going the same way, although their schedule is a bit behind the meta-suits. That one is interesting, in that George R. R. Martin and the other plaintiffs are claiming that OpenAI downloaded the Books 3 repository from a pirate site. And as we covered, the lawsuit against Stability AI is being pared down as well. What's remaining is the same fundamental issue. Is using copyrighted works in AI training fair use? It would certainly seem to be. As I've said before, if that's not a transformative use, nothing is. Hopefully, the courts will see it correctly. So, all of that makes Silverman and the others this week's. Idiot Idiot extraordinary. Idiot. wraps up this. Not many people know this, but the Fuhrer was descended from a long line of English queens, edition of the Bogosity Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please go to donate.bogosity.tv for several ways to support, and discord.bogosity.tv to join the discussion. Subscribe at Patreon or Subscribestar, and you can listen early and ad-free. Thank you for listening. Until next time, here's a quote from Sun Tzu. All war is deception. The Bogosity Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution, Non-Commercial, No Derivatives, 4.0 International License.